Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. Good morning. I pray all is well with you. God is good. Amen. Today we are going to continue in our study. Zeke's going to be an adult this week again. Aren't you? So he's going to be back there by himself as an adult. And we're going to go ahead and continue in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 12. This is Paul's travel plans have changed. And he goes to talk about it here in this section of Scripture. Starting in verse 12, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience is that we conducted ourselves in the world and more abundantly towards you in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but with the grace of God. Now, <clears throat> He's rejoicing. Their testimony was not of earthly wisdom or man's wisdom. For rejoicing is this, the testimony of our, con con of our conscience, conscience is that we conducted ourselves in the world and more abundantly toward you in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but with the grace of God. <clears throat> So that begs the question, how do we conduct ourselves? After all, we're all living in the world, right? How do we conduct ourselves in the world? They used to say to us that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. Meaning, Christians should not partake of the things that are ungodly in the world. They themselves being in of the world then, worldly. Paul says his conscience is that, that he conducted himself rightly with simplicity and godly sincerity. Not of fleshly wisdom. Fleshly wisdom is interesting because what does that mean? fleshly wisdom. When you look at, there's two kinds of wisdom. And I did then, James talks about this. Two kinds of wisdom. Wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the world is fleshly wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs, I believe it is, 34, trust, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't have fleshly wisdom, but the wisdom of God. His, re, his conscience and his rejoicing was that he conducted himself um, not of the world, but of God. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we conduct ourselves in our daily lives? How do we conduct ourselves? It's a call 
to holiness, isn't it? It's a call to holiness. We need to be holy before God. The Bible says that God said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. This is a call to holiness. Conduct ourselves with godly sincerity and not fleshly wisdom, but the grace of God. Now you might say, I don't, you don't understand what I go through on a daily basis. You don't know who I deal with every day. And it's just hard to conduct myself in such a way that is becoming of a Christian at times at work or at home or amongst other people. It's hard, but guess what? We're called to do it anyway. We're called to do it anyway. Yeah, I'll tell you what, for me personally, yeah, there's people that rub me the wrong way. A lot. But I have to conduct myself Christian as a Christian. I have to conduct myself with a godly conscience and godly wisdom. Am I perfect at it? No. Not at all. But I have to try. It is a call to holiness. Verse 13, for we write nothing else to you than what you need, what you read or understand. And I trust you will understand even to the end as you have understood us in part that we are, our, we are yours boasting even as you are ours on the day of the Lord Jesus. This is my confidence. I planned to come to you before that you might have a second benefit to visit you while going to Macedonia and to come again to you from Macedonia and then be sent by you on my way to Judea. Therefore, when I was planning this, did I, there, therefore, when I was planning this, did I do this lightly? Or the things that I plan, do I plan according to the flesh so that I would tell you yes, yes, or no, no? But as God is true, we did not tell you yes and no. Now, we understand this. Plans. How do we make plans? How do we do things? Therefore, I was planning this uh, therefore, I was planning this. Did I do this lightly? Or the, or the things that I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? So that I would say to tell you yes, yes, or no, no, and no, no. Do we take things lightly? Do we plan lightly? There is a time in our lives when we have to just roll with things. Things don't go our way, and we have to just roll with it, right? But when we make real plans, we make real plans, do we plan those things lightly and with our fleshly understanding? Or do we seek God for those things? God desires for us to seek Him. A lot of plans people make in our age group is, well, in my age group, and 
or Wayne and Brenda's age group, Jim and Sandy's age group, all our age groups except for Zeke, buying a house, buying a car, getting married or not getting married. Those are life-changing, life-changing decisions. And you cannot take those decisions lightly. They could set a course for things in your life that maybe isn't what God wants for you if you don't seek them out and bathe them in prayer. Do those things bathed in prayer. Don't do them lightly. Don't do them fleshly. An example would be, well, you know, in our family, in my family, one person gets a car and everybody's got to get a new car. That's the way it is in the Denoyer family. Not just my family, but all of my family. Somebody gets a new car and they're like, well, yeah, that's nice. Now I need a new car. Now all of a sudden, our cars that we're driving, they look like a pile of junk next to this nice car. So we're like, well, we got to get a new car too. We got to get something else too now. And so the fleshly would say, well, now... I need to get a car because so-and-so got a car. So now I need to get one because I need to keep up. That's fleshly. But what, what does it mean to really pray and ask God? Well, that is, God might say, well, you know what? You don't need a car. You don't need a car. My truck, for example, my truck out there, I plan to keep that truck until it dies. That's what I did with the other one had it for 14 years and it literally died and then I got rid of it and got this one. The plan is to keep it until it dies. It's a good truck. It runs, gets me from point A to point B. Gas mileage is really bad. I don't drive it that often, but you know, point A to point B gets me there. When it dies, then I'll get a different one. I'm not worried about what other people have and what they don't have. But in the same way, that is a concern people have. Keeping up with the Joneses. Is that fleshly or is that godly? Now, if God tells you, yeah, you need to get a new car, and you know it's God, then you best listen. But if it's something that isn't God, something that's not of God, and your flesh and your thought pattern, then pray to God and ask God to help you. Plans. How do we plan? We plan to the flesh, and we plan according to God's will. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by Silas, Timothy, and me, was not yes and no. In him, it was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now, in Christ, all the promises are yes and amen. That's all the good ones and the bad ones. If we believe Jesus Christ, will we be in him, in heaven with him on the last day? Yes and amen. If we walk away from God and walk away from our salvation, will, be a, will, we, will we be apart from God for eternity? Yes and amen. 
That's what he's saying here. All the promises are yes and amen. And the fact that we would be apart from God for eternity if we walked away is a promise. It is a promise. We had a discussion this morning about whether we believe that miracles and signs and wonders are for today and we all came to consensus that it is for today. We talked about is it possible to walk away from the salvation of Christ in this life and we came to a consensus that yes, you can. Yes, you can. So if we walk away from God, the promise is we will not spend eternity with him. That's a yes and amen. But if we walk with God and we do what God has called us to do and we're walking that path down through our life with Christ, will we be with Christ in the end? Yes and amen. So all the promises are yes and amen in Christ. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who also has seated us and established the guarantee with the Spirit in our hearts. So if we are following God, we have a guarantee that we are going to be with Him at the end of the age. Amen? We have that guarantee we're going to be with Him if we follow God. We talked this morning about sanctification. <clears throat> What is sanctification? We talked about it this morning in Sunday school. Sanctification is a setting apart unto God. The Greek word is hagiosmos, which means set apart. So we were talking in context of Jesus saying in the Garden of Gethsemane that he sanctified himself, that the disciples would be even sanctified, even be, be sanctified fully. So what does sanctified mean? Sanctified means that it's set apart. Jesus was setting apart his human side to God's will to be crucified and die on the cross. He didn't want to do it, but he set that aside. He set it aside. He sanctified himself that he would follow through with the plan of God. Our life should be sanctified. It is something that starts at conversion and continues until the last day. It continues until you're with Jesus. It is a continual thing. You grow in the grace and knowledge of God. That is part of sanctification. And that is something we should strive for. To grow greater in Christ. Amen? To go greater in Christ. Verse 23, Moreover, I call God as a witness upon my soul that it is to spare you that I have not yet gone to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over our faith, but we are fellow workers for your joy by the faith you stand. By, for by faith you stand. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church, but he's talking to us today. He said, moreover, I call as a witness upon my, God as a witness upon my soul, that it is to spare you, and you have not yet gone, that I have not gone yet to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over our faith, 
that but we but we are fellow workers for your joy for by faith you stand so why do we stand why do we have joy do we have joy in our just in our life joy is different than happiness do you know that happiness is temporal joy is eternal okay you're happy right now right or you should be. You're in God's house. I hope you're happy. Tell, tell your faces you're happy. But right now you're happy. We all got vehicles out there except for Ruth and Zeke. Maybe Jim and Sandy. But you have vehicles outside. Would you be happy if a hailstorm came through and dented up your vehicle and cr crashed your windshield and crashed your car up? That's the difference between happiness and joy. Joy says, I'm not happy about it, but I know Christ will walk with me through it. That's joy. That's joy. Happiness is temporal. When everything is going well, we're happy. We're joyful. We're all good. But if we had a hailstorm and wrecked everyone's cars, none of us would be happy. I certainly wouldn't be. Praise God, look at that spider look on that windshield. Oh, hallelujah. No. I'd be upset too. That's happiness, not joy. But I know that God would guide and direct each and every one of us in that situation to get it fixed. Amen? So that's where the joy comes in. Starting in verse 2, we'll finish this pericope up. But I determined this for myself, that I would not come again to you in sorrow. For, I, for if I make you sorrowful, who then will there be to make, you, make me rejoice but the one whom I have made sorrowful? I wrote concerning this matter to you so that when I came, I would not be grieved by those in whom I ought to, be, ought to rejoice having confidence in that all that may my joy is in is your joy. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you with, my, with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly for you. He did not want to come to them and make them depressed he did not want to he didn't want to drag them down with his own feelings because he didn't want to ruin their joy <clears throat> somebody ever do that to you <clears throat> you're all well and good and happy and then someone comes in and just rains all over your parade and makes you makes you upset and sorrowful ruins your day I've had that happen Paul says, I don't want to do that. I want you to be joyful. He says, I, I am determined this, uh, this for myself that I would not come to you again in sorrow. He wanted to build up their faith, build up their joy, build up them in spirit and in physical form. He did not want to bring them down. 
He did not want to cause them a problem. You ever have a situation where somebody, where you wreck a car or something, like, well, I got insurance. Hope you don't have, hope you got more in liability because we got more in liability. If you don't have more in liability, you're out the money and you hope, I hope this guy doesn't try to sue you and hope that I'll, is that really going to help you? No. He's saying, I don't, I'm not, I'm going to try to, I want to help them be more joyful. I don't want to be sorrowful. I don't want to bring you down. Then we have to ask ourselves, do we bring others down? Ooh, don't get personal now, Pastor. Do we bring others down with the way we are? Have we learned to turn everything negative into a positive? Christians, although not perfect, should have joy. Amen. In affliction. What's James say? I'm going to go to James. Let's look at James. If I can find it really quick. Second Peter, Titus, Titus, Hebrews, and James. I find, find Hebrews, I find James. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you're tested, tried, that it is not for your something, something, something. I've read it so many times. Hebrews, James. James. <clears throat> Thank you, James. <laughs> James chapter 2. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. So we're to be joyful in times of affliction, in times of suffering. Count it all joy. Why? Dang it, let me be upset for once. No. Count it all joy. Because there's something from that that you're going to learn. Knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. But let patience perfect its work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's a reason. There's a reason. Paul did not want to go to them sorrowful. He did not want to go to them to bring them down. He understood that the trying of his faith developed patience and patience developed everything so he would be lacking in nothing. He understood that. But he wasn't sure they did. So he didn't want to bring them down. Do we bring others down? Do we cause others to doubt do we cause others to have issue with their faith, with our own? Something to think about, isn't it? I did not want to come to you, come again to you, in sorrow. 
For if I make you sorrowful, then who then will there be to make me rejoice? You're not going to be happy if you're upset. You do notice, I notice in my own self, in my own, but when there's stuff going on, you've got a lot of prayer requests, there are times when you find real hard to find things to be joyful about. Praise reports are hard to come by when you've got a lot of sorrow and stuff going on. So who's going to cheer him up? Who's he going to cheer up if he is sorrowful? He doesn't want to drag them down. He wants to lift them up. And that's what we're supposed to do as Christians, isn't it? We're supposed to lift each other up. Yeah, be there for one another. Yeah, be a support system. But lift one another up. Don't drag each other down. That's what he's saying here. Don't drag each other down. I didn't want to drag you down. Who would help me rejoice if I did that? Because you know what would happen? He'd drag them down. Then he'd be ministering to them to get them to feel better. When all he had to do was just work it on it to work on it himself and go and rejoice with them. I wrote concerning this matter to you so that when I came, I would not be grieved by those in whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is your joy. He does not want them to be sorrowful. He wants them to have confidence and be joyful. He did not want to be grieved by them, but he wanted to rejoice with them. He didn't want to be sad around them. He wanted to be happy around them. That his joy would be their joy. Joy is infectious. Laughing is infectious. You ever, you ever been around somebody who laughs crazy and you start laughing because they're laughing? And a lot of times it's because the way they're laughing that you laugh. It's infectious. Joy is infectious. So is negativity. So is sorrow. Misery loves company. Who knows that saying? Yeah, that's what he's saying here. He's going to work on his miserable feelings before he gets there because misery loves company and everybody gets dragged down. <clears throat> For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears not that you should be grieved. Now he's saying, he's pointing out his anguish and his tears, but he's saying, don't be grieved about it. But know that you might, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly for you. Don't be grieved that I'm upset. Just know that I love you. Don't be grieved that I, I'm not doing well. Just rejoice in my love for you. In other words, I need support, but I'm not going to drag you down. His support was God. His support was the Father. His love was for them. 
God's love was for them. God's love was for him as well. And he's, God's love is for us. So I've got some assignments for us today. Number one, examine yourself to see if you drag people down. It's a real thing I want you to do. Negativity. Misery loves company. Do you drag people down? If you do, then I want you to pray that God would help you to lift others up. Number two. If you are going through something, reach out to God and to those around you for support and prayer. Reach out. One thing the enemy loves to do because we are a proud people, are we not? We think we can handle it. We love, as individuals, to be proud. I can handle this. This isn't a big deal. I don't need anybody to pray for me or talk me through it. Baloney. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You need support. And the enemy will keep you that way and keep you isolated over here when you should be in the group getting encouraged. He'll keep you over here by yourself being discouraged because that's where he wants you because that's where you will quit if he keeps you there. Find support if you need it. Number one, do you drag people down? Do you cause Distress with negativity and other things, and if so, help pray to pray God, pray to God to help you to get past that. Number two, find support if you need it when you're going through something, and those that are called upon to for support, be positive. Minister with scriptures, prayer, and encouragement. Be positive. Turn the negative into a positive. Amen? All right. Does that make sense? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, we thank you today, once again, for your grace and your mercy, for the peace that passes understanding. Help us, Lord, <clears throat> to be an encouragement to one another in times of trouble. Help us if we are a discouragement. If our suffering drags others down, help us to be joyful. Help us to be joyful with one another and in ourselves, knowing that you have the situation under control. Touch and bless us today, God, by your spirit. Minister to us. Give us a wonderful day. And bless us today, in Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.